This is Inside the Writer's Head with Danny McLean, the Library Foundation of Cincinnati and Hamilton Counties Writer in Residence for 2020. The Library Foundation's Writer in Residence program promotes writing, literacy, and creativity while furthering the library's mission of connecting people with the world of ideas and information. Welcome to Inside the Writer's Head. On this podcast, you can expect conversations with writers and other lovers of books, journalism, libraries, and the literary arts. If you're a regular listener, you know that I usually interview a Cincinnatian or someone with local ties about their writing or connection to books and ideas. But as was the case with the solo episode that I did back in December, you'll be hearing just from me this time around. As the library's writer in residence, I host workshops and office hours, and these are typically where I share advice on writing and research. Today, I'm going to use this platform to do the same and to reflect on my process, or at least my approach to one project I was recently involved in. In April, W.W. Norton published a new edition of the classic feminist text of Woman Born, Motherhood as Experience and Institution. I wrote the introduction to this reissue of literary giant Adrian Rich's 1976 book, and writer Eula Biss wrote the foreword. So how did I come to be involved in this project? On a Sunday afternoon late last summer, I took a break from running through the sprinkler with my daughter to check email on my phone. I had received an invitation from one of Rich's sons, who's also her literary trustee, explaining that the book would be republished and he expressed his desire to have an introductory essay that would contextualize the book 45 years after its original publication. I was really surprised and excited to see his email and I said yes. Um, So I had about six weeks to draft the essay and he'd asked for 1500 words. I should mention that before I agree to any assignment, I always need to know these things. Um, I need to know the deadline and the expected word count And I also need to know the pay that's being offered. And if necessary, I ask for adjustments. Um, But as I mentioned, I, um, you know, went through the negotiation process um, with some support from my agent and um, accepted the assignment. And so with these specifications set, I got started. So first this meant reading the book closely and annotating as I went along. Now I'm typically against writing in books and never in library books, obviously, but here I made an exception. The publisher had sent me the paperback and so I did write in the margins and I took a lot of notes elsewhere um, as well as as I read. And here I'll admit that I was slightly intimidated by the idea of tussling with a literary icon such as Rich, not because I'm generally afraid of engaging with people who have made major contributions to the canon, but because I wasn't so familiar with her work that I felt comfortable immediately moving to a place of critique, which is essentially what I'd been asked to do, um, you know, critique the 76 essay, uh, I'm sorry, book. And I knew that I had to give myself plenty of time to read and sit with and understand what she had to say about motherhood. But again, I had six weeks to read, think, research, outline, and write. So what came next? I'm reading, I'm marking the places in the book that I want to address given the assignment at hand, which is where was Rich's 
thinking somewhat dated or out of sync with what I know and understand today as someone who writes extensively on mothering race and gender. I also read other cultural critics and scholars writing on of woman born, but I made sure not to read too much of this because I didn't wanna be overly influenced by what had already been said about the book. One thing I did that helped a lot, I listened to a recording of a panel called The Legacy of Adrian Rich and the Shape of Our Feminist Future that had taken place at the Bay Area Book Festival in 2019. The panel included contemporaries and friends and colleagues of Rich who could speak to what they'd witnessed in the evolution of her thinking. And it felt important to have their perspectives and observations in mind as I was writing. When Rich died in 2012, Amy Goodman interviewed both writer Alice Walker, who'd collaborated with Rich, and Rich's longtime literary agent, Francis Golden. And so I watched that episode of Democracy Now! online and made note of anything that was relevant to the essay that I was writing. I also listened to recordings of Rich reading her poetry, and I did this just to get her voice in my head and to feel closer to her as the human being, as the artist, more than just, and to kind of be holding her as more than just the intellectual force whose ideas I was reckoning with um, in this one piece of nonfiction that she'd written. And finally, I thought about examples of contemporary culture I'd consume that could support any argument I would make about Rich's 1976 thinking being limited. So I thought about books, essays, social media posts, news events, and how they'd been framed in media outlets. I wanted to have evidence to bolster the claims I would be making about the shortcomings in Rich's work. Okay, so at this point I have this mix of notes and references and insights, and that's where I move into outlining. Anyone who's attended one of my writer in residence workshops or office hours knows that I'm a big proponent of outlining. Um, for me, it makes the writing process so much easier. And I thought about how to best organize and present to the reader all of what I'd pulled together. I also, um, and this is important to note, I was aware that this, that I was writing an introductory essay for the book's reissue, right? So in that context, I knew the overall impact would need to be to invite the reader into and make the reader more curious about Rich's work, not to be so critical that it would turn the reader off from wanting to explore further. Um, and so that meant that at the beginning and the end of the essay, I wanted to praise and acknowledge the importance of Rich's offering. Um, not that there was anything disingenuous about that. I mean, I, if you read my essay, you'll see, I think that it's an incredibly important piece of work. Um, but this was one of the many things that I had in mind as I thought about how to best structure the piece. So from the outlining, I went into writing and now I'll read to you just, um, just a couple of paragraphs so that you have a sense for how it all came together on the page. For the intersectional feminist analysis that takes us inside the lives of women who are black, brown, indigenous, or immigrant, many of us have looked elsewhere to Patricia Hill Collins, Dorothy Roberts, or Gloria Anzaldúa. Is there also reason to turn here? Or should we consign Rich to the list of second wave feminists who focus so squarely on middle-class white womanhood that they forgot we existed? Rich saw us as well as she could have as a white Jewish woman born in the South in 1929 who would commit her life to the art and politics of the left. 
In the first edition of this book, published in 1976, she referenced Angela Davis, Tony K. Bambara, and George Jackson, and tried to engage with the ideas of the Black Freedom Movement. She didn't always get it right. During a 2019 book festival panel about feminism and Rich's legacy, the philosopher Susan Griffin shared this about her longtime friend, quote, her opinions would change, but it wasn't as if she was being duplicitous. It was that she changed her mind. I disagreed with her about separatism. I felt that separatism was racist because you can't put African-American men or men of color in the same category as white men. They don't have the same power. She listened to that and began, began to change her thought around those lines. I doubt that Griffin, who is white, was the only person to share this perspective with Rich. Perhaps it also came up in the course of collaborations and conversations with Black writers such as Audre Lorde, Alice Walker, and June Jordan. But in Of Woman Born, we see Rich repeatedly collapsing all men into the, <clears throat> into the omnipotent, financially secure, dominant men she describes in her chapter, The Kingdom of the Fathers. These men, as she writes about them, were immune to joblessness and gratuitous body cavity searches at the hands of law enforcement. These were men who own property, not men whose ancestors were property. And she wants us to understand the unquestioned power their status gives them in family life. So I think that's all I'll say about how I approached researching and writing the essay. Hopefully that excerpt and um, my description of my process piques your interest enough that you'll pick up a copy of the book. Okay, I'm going to close out by sharing my own answer to what I typically ask guests at the end of an interview, which is what I usually ask, what are you reading now? So what am I reading these days? Right now I'm reading for work, no purely fun reads at the moment. I just read Holding Change, The Way of Emergent Strategy, Facilitation and Mediation by Adrienne Marie Brown. And I recommend it for anyone who's interested in how to successfully have big, important conversations with groups of people, whether in social change movements or in your organization or even in your family. I'm skimming a book called The Broken Heart of America, St. Louis and the Violent History of the United States by historian Walter Johnson. I'm working on a project that's in part about St. Louis, and this book is helping me to better understand the city. And next up on my list of books to read is Misogynoir Transformed Black, Woman's, Black Women's Digital Resistance by scholar Moya Bailey. So I'm curious, was this episode helpful to you? If I do other solo episodes about writing or research or journalism, what would you want me to focus on? What would be helpful as you work on your writing projects? You can let us know on social media by tweeting me at drmclean on Twitter or tweeting the library at Cincy Library. I'm also on Instagram at Danny underscore McLean, and you can follow all of those accounts to stay informed about upcoming writer in residence events. That's it for this episode of Inside the Writer's Head keep joining us for in-depth conversations with writers and other lovers of books, journalism, libraries, and the literary arts. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to the Library Foundation for funding the Writer in Residence program. You can meet Danny at various events throughout the year. Learn more by visiting Cincinnati Library 
facebook.org slash writer in residence. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes and leave us a review. It helps other book lovers find us. Thank you. Thank you.